It's the Press Plante Podcast, episode 14. 14, mate. Already, already, already. And I'm excited. Um, and with me, um, my host, as usual, my um, brother in arms. I was going to say something really silly, but lucky I oh, didn't. I was actually going to say my esteemed uh, co host. and Esteemed uh, my, my handsome co host? I don't know about handsome, mate, but... Yeah, you're I'll handsome. You're I'll, handsome. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so, yeah, we, Alex, I didn't even actually introduce you. How you doing, mate? I'm fantastic, Daz. Yourself? Fantastic. I'm ready, you know, I'm ready to rock and roll, as usual. Yeah, you actually sound like it, mate. You sound like you're ready and revving to go. Yeah, I don't know why, because I haven't had my coffee yet, so I'm just waiting on that. But um, no, I'll t- just... Oh, I'm just just waiting on my wife to bring me my coffee. How Hollywood is that? That's disgusting. You sky. I know, yeah. That's oh, shocking. God. That's shocking. You, you and oh, oh, there's another there's another voice there. Who's that, Alex? Aaron? Oh, is that Aaron? It is the uh, Tasmanian devil himself. Yes. <laughs> Hello, gentlemen. There you go, mate. My, I'm. I'm jealous. How, how, how does this coffee thing work? Because in this house, I'm the one that is the coffee bitch that gets all the coffees and brings them at breakfast and all the time. So how did, how did you work that out? Um, I, no, I'm not going to go there. I was going to say something really nasty. Aaron, you can't ask me questions like that. Especially on air. Like, you can't do that. I'm sorry. I'm really nice to my wife. How's that sound? There you go. Oh, and she'll I do anything for me. Oh, I hope you do the same. She even gets out the Windex or whatever and cleans my C64, takes the keys off, oh, cleans underneath. Oh, yeah, yeah. She cleans the grit. Yeah, it's awesome. She's even gonna, um, she's even gonna retro bright my Amiga 1200s. How's that? <laughs> yeah, I wish. Jeez, oh. <laughs> Alex, I think the next, next thing he's gonna start offering is a Coleco Chameleon for sale. Oh, God damn. <laughs> Back, <laughs> I got three. <laughs> and why I say three is that because we have a special guest today, don't we, Alex? We sure do. And this gentleman is an esteemed gentleman, and uh, he goes by the uh, alias of Uncle K. It's uh, Reset Magazine editor extraordinaire Kevin Tilly. Wow, wow, Alex, that's quite an introduction. Thanks, man. <laughs> G'day, Daz. G'day, Aaron. <laughs> How you going? How you going, mate? Extraordinary. Yeah, you are, mate. You are. It's uh, good to have you on. So, um, uh, look, I've been a fan of the Reset Mag, which we'll talk about um, in in, in a bit. But um, I know you're flat chat, man, with the next issue. So, uh, thank you very much for coming on. Pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. Yeah, and I'm hoping that you're uh, you're over your cold, mate. So, I know you were... um, (laughs) Not quite. And you were just talking about coffee. I'm sitting here for beautiful hot coffee right in front of me. (laughs) These guys. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Where, where's where's my, my wife? Where is she? <laughs> I won't be slurping too much, but yeah. No, okay. Excellent, mate. Excellent. Um, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, we'll just kick off. Um, yeah, tell us a bit about yourself, mate. Especially your gaming history, what you were into, what you weren't into. You know, favorite systems, games, magazines, uh, pirating in school, whatever, mate. Share. Oh, mate. Well, I'm pretty. Uh pretty boring actually Alex mate I'm just just a dad I'm not just a dad probably the, the most important thing I do I'm a teacher that's my job primary school teacher teacher grade 5-6 class you probably have no idea what a Commodore 64 is 
<laughs> take it in one day. <laughs> um, yeah, in, in you know, into gaming and mu- and music and movies and collecting retro video games and vinyls and of course we've got the reset and and uh, you know the lemon and the Twitter and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, pretty busy days. And uh, Alex, so uh, yeah, got lots of stuff going on and enjoying everything. So it's good. Oh, big cat supporter too. So love oh, the Oh. Of course, of course, you're gonna throw that in, mate. Of course, you're gonna throw. Oh, that in. Did you really have to say? Okay, and thank you very much for calling today. And, <laughs> That's uh, it. Cutting off. <laughs> no, it's all, no, it's all good. Kev, mate, when did you actually uh, get into gaming? How 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 old were you? And um, and what was your first system that you actually played on? If you didn't own, but actually played and and you actually wanted really badly. Yeah, I got, I got really vague memories of this. Uh, oh, Papa was about six or seven years old, and Dad brought home the Commodore 64 for the first time and stuck it on the kitchen table. And oh, I'm pretty sure we had a black and black and white TV to go with it. But um, yeah, I, I, look, I can't remember what games we were playing, but they must have been really early games. And um, I remember back in the old days playing, you know, get, playing real older games like Dino's Eggs and um, Ghosts and Goblins, and you know, a lot, a lot of those sort of early to mid 80s vintage games and. Loving it. Never never look back, mate. Just absolutely love it. You know, I was always into the Commodore 64, and then all my friends started getting Amigas, and I think that's a pretty common story, that everyone started upgrading, but I was still stuck with the Commodore 64, and going over to all my mates' places and playing all their really cool Amiga games, and then finally, in the early 90s, I reckon it was probably around 1992, that we bought our first PC, so I went straight from the C64 to the PC. Wow, 92... It was around 92, yeah, and it was probably wow, that would, around that would the be time mega expensive. where the shareware scene was probably mm-hmm. really starting to, starting to, you know, come ahead and you had, you had game companies like Apogee and ID just starting up and, and releasing yeah. really good, good games. So that was a really good time to get into PC gaming, I reckon, because that was a classic era that probably doesn't get enough attention either, I don't think. So. I would say, Kevin, uh, did, did you uh, ever play um, Raptor? Yeah, yeah, the shooter up, yep, yep. How good is that? That lives up today, mate. I reckon it's a solid game. Absolutely yeah, no, solid. They're, they're all good games, all those old Apogee games, like, you know, the Commander Keen series and Crystal Caves and mm-hmm. Duke Nukem and all that sort of stuff. They were awesome, weren't they? Epic, epic mega games with their pinball games and Jazz Jackrabbit and all that. Well, that era of games was really awesome for the PC, but yep. then um, sort of played those games for a few years and got into a few PC games, LucasArts and all that sort of stuff, and... Mm-hmm. Then um, sort of went back to the Commodore 64, mm-hmm. got into the Commodore 64 again, and started getting into the scene a little bit, like getting you know making contacts because that was the only way you could get new stuff for it. So yeah, um, yeah, made a few contacts there, and then got got into the Dreamcast, and Ooh, uh, that jump. was my first wow. console, and loved it. At, oh man, I was one of the first time I saw Sonic Adventure, absolutely blown away. I'd never seen anything like it. It was unbelievable. Yeah, I was going to say that. that- I was going to say, that would have blew you away if you jumped oh, from it was, a PC it was, to C64, then back to that. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was, it was incredible. And I'm um, still a, you know, a really big collector of Dreamcast today. I've got a pretty good um, collection of PAL games and, and you know, the US and the Japanese games and um, still mm-hmm. collect all the homebrew stuff that comes out today. So, yeah, that's a good scene as nice. well. Nice. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm assuming you got, um, is it Gunlock? No, Gunlord. The Gunlord, Hurricane? yep. 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 Wow, fantastic. What a game. What's that by? What a, um, yeah, Joe, oh. um, Sev Crew. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. That's the one. Yeah. That's yeah. the one, yeah. But, uh, you're up to the Dreamcast. What was, um, what was after that
And there you go. So that was when the Dreamcast was starting to go a bit pear-shaped, just the, the commercial scene on the Dreamcast. And yeah, just got the got the C64 out of the shed. I actually got it out because I was thinking of selling it. And I set it up and I never looked back. Nice, man. So yeah, back nice to the Commodore scene on that. So pretty gone full circle in a way. That's good. That's the good thing. Yeah. So, yeah. so Kev, with it, when you were thinking about getting rid of it, like, what was what was sort of really the you know, the motivation behind, like, when you decided to hang on to it and actually, yeah, keep it out on the desk and not get rid of it? What um, well, what was the big push? Yeah, I reckon setting it up and just loading in all those old games again and just becoming all nostalgic and and you know, talking on online mm. forums like Lemon and things like that. So, um, that, that really that kind of fueled that that passion again for the the eight bits and the, and the Commodore sixty four. And yeah, I haven't looked back since. I haven't gotten bored of it since then. So, uh, and there's so much happening in the scene. So it's it's just a really good mm. good scene to be involved in, and you know, be surrounded by good people and like-minded people. I love it. It's good. Are, are you a fan of any other eight-bit um, computers? Oh, I'm a fan of all of them, mate. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, all of them. They're all good. I've got you know, I've got um, a plus four and a and a you know, I used to have a Vic Twenty until that died, but. Um, I've got a, one of those micro B kits that came out a few years ago that I need to build. Now, I'm too afraid to actually pull out if it's plastic and, and have a go at that, but but one day I'll get to it. But yeah, yeah, I mean, just you know, vintage computers and classic computers, and and um, yeah, they're just they're just a good it's a good hobby and and they're, they're nice things to collect. They're beautiful machines, I think. Yeah, they, they last. Deep. I think I think they no last. They last a long time. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> they do. <laughs> What I what yeah. I didn't hear what I didn't hear in there was uh, any Atari computers, mate. No A eight. No, no, I don't actually oh. have any Atari computers, but I do have a beautiful um, vintage VCS console that my beautiful wife gave me um, a year nice. or two ago for Christmas. So yeah, nice. I love that machine. As nice. well. That's a beautiful machine. Yeah, and nice. you know that's yeah. like a lot of those early Commodore sixty four games. You know, were based on those Atari games and all the classic games from Activision, like Hero and Pitfall and Pitfall two. Absolutely, obviously a lot of them originated on the Atari, so yeah, pioneers. Absolutely, my friend, absolutely. Um, well, that actually brings us to the um, the main topic of the podcast, and um, I don't know, Daz, did you actually introduce the actual podcast name or not? No one um, didn't. Uh, it was, it was hitting Amateur the reach. hour. There you go. Amateur. Oh, dude, press, press rewind. Press rewind. Really <laughs> no, no, no. No, that's all right. No, no, it was um, hitting the reset button. It was a play on words because um, obviously having uh, Kevin Tilly on, um, who is the um, editor of the C64-centric magazine, Reset. And, um, yeah, and I guess uh, that was one of the main things to have Kevin on is, uh, apart from introducing himself, um, to um, to us and our audience was to also give us a bit of background on uh, on resets and how it all started. Uh, yeah, how how it's evolved, uh, highlights, lowlights. You know, best issues, least favorite issues. If you have any, I doubt it. Um, <laughs> the fact the fact that you do mix disc, you're the best. Um, and how you actually heard all us cats to actually contribute. So take it away, Mr. Tilly. I'm putting you right uh, in the hot seat on this one. Oh, put me on the spot there. Okay, um, how it started, that is a really, really good question. I think it was because um, there, was, there was a lot of really good stuff coming, like starting to come out from, from you know, RGCD and Psychonic. They were starting to get really big in the scene and there wasn't really an outlet 
on the internet or as a, as a game, like you know, on, on paper either to to talk about this stuff. So mm-hmm. I guess uh, it was just out of a desire to want to be able to read about it, and no, no one was really doing anything. So um, on a on a on, you know on a rainy day, I sort of sat at the computer and started typing up a few re- reviews and got on the Lemon Forum and um, asked for a bit of advice for a name. And Vinny came along and um, suggested Reset, so that was actually his idea to come up with the name Reset, which was a really good one. And, he, and then he, Vinny got involved, and he started writing a few reviews, and we started um, chatting backwards and forwards, and um, yeah, the first issue was born, and um, I sent out um, an email to Andrew Fisher, to Merman, um, if he wanted to do something for Reset, and he started his little editorial um, um, oh, having a bit of a mental blank here, um, where he just talks about pretty much whatever he wants. And um, yeah, the first issue was really myself, Vinny, and Andrew just doing our thing and doing some game reviews and putting in a bit of news. And it was really just going to be a one off, but um, I guess we just really enjoyed it and kept going, and it just snowballed from there. And now it's uh, now up to our ninth issue, which is. <laughs> Unbelievable, really. I never thought I'd get there. I mean, it's been going for a few years now, and um, my attention span isn't isn't overly overly long. So, um, yeah, we must be enjoying it to, to keep on doing it. I think. Well, yeah, I mean, that, I mean, oh, sorry, go go. No, no, sorry, Daz. I was going to ask Kevin, uh, what 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 year was that um, when you actually got the idea and got Vinny and Andrew involved oh, with that? What year was it? It must have been. I don't actually have the issues out in front of me, but it would have been probably two or three years ago now, I reckon. Okay. And how long did it take yeah. from um, from actually uh, you sitting down on that rainy day to getting on the forum to actually pumping out the first issue? How long did that process oh, take? It would have only been a week or two, I reckon. So oh, the first wow. Issue, well, the first issue came out <laughs> really, really impressive. quickly. And um, it, it all happened very quickly. And um, like I said, when you got the enthusiasm and... and um, you know, the drive to do something and I just sat at the computer and typed and locked myself in my office and and just, yeah, just kept pumping out all this stuff that, that came out into the first issue and it was, somehow it just all managed to come together. And yeah, it was really good, really, really enjoyed it and uh, I guess that's the reason why we kept going. Absolutely. Um, no, I, and, and we're all glad that, um, that you are still going with it, which is a great thing. Um, I'm just trying to think... Um, uh, what issue? I think it might have been probably the third issue that came out when um, when I found out about uh, reset, and and then when I found out that uh, the editor was Australian, I was I was gobsmacked. I was like, wow, that is that is pretty cool. And um, I'm still trying to think how we actually got in contact. And um, I'm not even sure, Alex. Um, I reckon it might have been at the Melbourne Commodore Club where we first met. Yeah, I think I think we might have chatted. Uh, might have been on Twitter or something before might have been that. A little but bit yeah. On Twitter. But in person, yeah. Because I, yeah. I kind of, I already knew Anne um, from the Lemon Forum, so I've known, I've Anne and I have been um, chatting backwards and forwards um, for years and years and years. So um, I kind of followed Anne on the Twitter, and I think that's how I got in touch with Rob and Cam and and you yeah, know yeah, yeah. Um, so, so and yourself. And so Anne Ant is really the. Uh, Damn the man you, who, uh, connected us all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, he's a he's a great guy. We had him on late last year, and um, really, really lovely bloke. And 
I know he does some awesome artwork for oh, he's, he's and, an incredible um, artist and um, you know he's probably, I think he's done all our covers since it might be issue four so yeah. um, and he just he does a fantastic job and he's I absolutely love his art and um, you know I guess um, the, the covers are kind of you know Ant is to reset kind of like what Ollie was to Zap so um, I couldn't imagine anyone else doing the covers for Reset. And just getting his art every every issue is a, just a privilege and a pleasure. It is. It is. Like, and I, I, I can't talk him up enough. I just reckon that guy is, is amazing. He's artist. And how, and how good is... Um, I know I love all the covers, but um, issue seven, the throwback to Zap, I just blew me away. So... For people that uh, are listening to this podcast, if you go to reset.cbm8bit.com and um, you actually get... Uh, we actually failed to say that Reset is actually free to download as a PDF. Um, yeah, check out all the issues, but um, in particular, uh, yeah, issue seven, that, yeah, it just blew me away, that... Um, uh, that, old that yeah. Yeah. Sorry, yes, sorry, uh, Alex, that's my, yeah, my favourite. That is... By far um, my favourite cover. Oh, is it? Okay, well, there we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wanted to get that one. Well, I did. I actually got that one printed into a poster and sent it out to a few guys. And um, you did. You did really then, carefully. Yeah. At the Cobra, there's a there's a little uh, the Lisa egg driving the Cobra. Did you? Are oh, you joking? No, I didn't pick that up. Oh, yeah. Now you tell. Yeah. <laughs> After all this time. All right, and Daz and Aaron, um, if you're sitting there scratching your heads, man, uh, I hope. You've actually seen issue seven, um, and I don't know if you've um, actually seen the front cover, but um, it's a throwback to um, uh, to Zap sixty four and Olive Olive Fray, obviously. But um, yeah, so that was our good mate Ant Stiller's work, or one of his covers anyway. Oh yes, yes. I've actually, I actually um, printed that one up the other day, so I can read on the train. Ah, nice, good, good to yes. hear. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're right, Des. Yeah, yeah, then no, no, I actually posted it up on our Prisburn Tape podcast page. I thought, okay, this is pretty cool. No, I really liked it actually because um, uh, Kevin, unfortunately, I'm a late, I'm a late adopter to this magazine. <clears throat> and in a way, I think it's a good thing because now I can just read them all at once. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I can just warm <laughs> myself and go back. You know what I mean? So um, and, and for some reason, this is the cover that, that got me. I go, you know what? I'll just go straight to seven for now because I really like the cover. So um, yeah. Yeah, the issue, the, issue, the issue one cover of Zap by Ollie Frey, that was the, the Elite cover, because Elite was, um, it was reviewing oh. Zap issue one, and the, the, the issue that we did, the, the Zap issue that we did, was actually the, like, to commemorate the 30th anniversary of the first issue of Zap. Oh! So, um, yeah, we were able to get in. One of the really great things about it was that um, Andrew Fish, oh, Merman was able to get in um, a whole heap of, of um, ex-Zap writers and editors who wrote little editorials to go inside the, uh, the issue and and it was really great to read their writing and hear from them again and quite humbling that they sort of took the time to um to do that and be a part of that issue as well so it was really cool yeah that's uh, i was gonna say that's um uh, the the evolution of you know going from uh sitting down on a rainy day one week later you've pumped out your um issue one and then you know fast forward and you've had all these awesome people contribute people from the past that have worked on great magazines like Zap contributing as well man that's just a massive feather in the cap um, for Reset and obviously yourself um, Kev so well done man um, I um, yeah I know I know when you asked me to um, to 
contribute. Uh, I think it might have been an issue four. I was, uh, yeah, man, I was humbled, and it was a great privilege to um, to actually write for Reset, and I absolutely love it. Um, so, um, yeah, it's, well, it's, it's 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 humbling for me, Alex, to to have everyone involved. Um, just just something that was a little project of mine, and um, people sort of wanting to be a part of it and, and people taking ownership of it as well is really cool and um, you know just the and, and one thing that is funny to me is just the, the absolute diversity of, of people that are participating in a magazine I mean we've got people from <laughs> like all, all parts of the world and, and crazy different backgrounds and things like that we've got you know professional musicians and there's some people who've been on you know, their country's version of Celebrity Big Brother and um, we've got you know and, well, who's and, that? Uh, who's that? Uh, I'm not saying. You have to do some research and find out. Oh, right. Hey, all yeah. right. Damn. <laughs> I oh. might get in trouble. But uh, you've got a blo- one, one guy um, who was on a, uh, a sitcom in New Zealand. Another guy who, um, you, you know, just uh, just different people from different different areas of, uh, you now, know, different... Now I'm just um, trying to work I'm going to try and look out this <laughs> people who, who actually, you know, come together because of a love of, of the Commodore 64 and, and a hobby. I think it's really cool. Now, how do you actually, um, I know, you, it's, is, is it like hurting cats, dude, or, or are we actually all okay and get things done on time, or, or do we give you a heart attack uh, come, you know, deadline time? <laughs> deadline time. Man, I'm the worst when it comes to the deadline. <laughs> when I say the deadline is the 30th of May, I really probably mean September or something like that. So <laughs> it's not quite that bad. But um, yeah, we always sort of go over deadline. But that's that's the thing of you know, it's a hobby project. So you know, there's really no, and I probably shouldn't be saying this because everyone's just going to slack off and and not worry about it. But. Um, <laughs> No, no, no. The deadline's always extended a little bit because we've all got families and we've all got jobs and we've all got other things to do. You know, the Commodore 64 and Reset, it, it's a it's a good good hobby and a good project for us all to take part in, but it is just that. So, you know, if things start getting a little bit, you know, if you start feeling a little bit under pressure, it sort of becomes less fun. So you just take the pressure out and get back to it when you can. So if uh, the deadlines are ever extended, um, it's not, not really such a big deal, I don't think. So, you know, saying, so, so in saying that, Kev, um, issue nine deadline is thirtieth of May. How how are we shaping up, mate, for issue nine coming out in June? I don't know. Have, have, have you got your bit ready yet, Alex? <laughs> oh, mate, yeah, I sent it to you last week. <laughs> <laughs> no, you did too. No, that's, it's it's going good. Yeah, we've got got a heap of submissions already. So, uh, my job now is to just get everything together and and um and place it in the issue and and do the formatting and. I've got to write, I, do a lot of write a lot of my bits because I write the news and 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 all the game scene news and, and you know stuff like that that doesn't require hardcore literacy skills. <laughs> and, um, did you did, did you actually come up with the columns or was it uh, by addition of people coming in wanting to actually write for the magazine coming up with the uh, column ideas or were they yours? A bit of a mixture of both, I think. How, how did we come up with your column? Do you remember? Uh, I think I might have pitched it to you, and you said, "Yep, go for it." And um, yeah, you just uh, yeah gave me um, gave me freedom. Yeah, yeah. So and that's coming with really good ideas, and 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 um, and you know, like if if they want to write about the thing that they're passionate about, and I think when people write what they're passionate about, it, it comes out in their writing, and that's why I think 
a lot of the writing in Reset is so good because people are just writing about the things that they love and they're doing it because they, they, they want to do it and they enjoy doing it. It's not a job, you know, it's a it's just a a, a passion and a and a, and a love and a hobby. Yeah you, yeah, you can actually tell that by the writing as well, definitely. Um, sorry, uh, Aaron and uh, Daz, mate, did you actually have any <laughs> questions? I've just, I've just taken over here because I can ask a million and one questions, but I don't want to hock I'm good, man. I'm, go- I'm all good. I'm listening in. Oh, no, mate, I'm, I'm, I'm the same. Look, I mean, someone that's never actually, and I'll be honest and say, never read an issue of Reset, it's, yeah, it's good to sort of listen just about what's going in there and... Yeah, you know, if anything, the, the motivation or maybe feeling a bit guilty because I haven't. So um, no, it's good, mate. Yeah, no, Keep it's going. good. Well, hopefully, hopefully we've got um, um, you guys on board now, and um, yeah, go go back all the way. And yeah, as we said, um, they're free to download. So go for your life. And um, uh, the next question I was going to ask Kev was, uh, how did you come up with the mixer disc, man? The um, the disc uh, cover, or yeah, to go with the actual issue. I thought that was just brilliant. Uh, brilliance. Yeah, I think that was just a bit of a throwback to the old cover tape. So, um, you know, the whole idea of Reset was just to get that, that bit of nostalgic, that, that feel that you get when you open up a Zap or you open up a Commodore format or you open up in, after the commercial magazines died. There were some really good good um, fanzines that came out, you know, like Commodore Scene and Commodore Zone. And um, I just wanted to sort of continue on that tradition. And having a cover disc just, um, I think, adds to the nostalgic feeling of, of getting the physical, di- you know, the physical magazine in the mail because we do a limited run of, of physical issues and um, getting a disc that you can open up, you know, on your Commodore 64 and play some new, you know, some newish games or, or new games and and have a look at the reset demo and um, I think it's just a good feeling to do that. It feels good to do it and um, I think people enjoy it. I know, I know there was someone actually, um, I think it might have been on Twitter that was asking, saying, what, you can actually still buy brand new five and a quarter discs? <laughs> yeah, I have that a... That would probably <laughs> have been me. Oh, was that you, Aaron? There we go. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was, I okay, do, there we I go. Have a, I have a, a local source, but I'm not going to, um, to reveal yeah. that source Fair to enough. anyone. Fair enough. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> just going to get a source. I think my resources might be uh, their resources might be running a bit low now. I just got a new batch the other day. I got another hundred discs that'll last the next few issues, and um, I don't know how lucky I'm going to be next time. So I might have to start looking elsewhere. But yeah, you can still source them from overseas. But um, I think these discs that I was getting from Australia, I think they're starting to run a little bit thin now, unfortunately. Look, I'm um, I'm actually I, I know when I get mine in the post. Um, obviously, I open up the issue, have a look, but. I go straight for the disc and I strut away into the drive and um, I love the intro, man. I love intros, um, crack tros, uh, yeah, so I love the music, just the graphics, I can sit there and just listen to it and... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah uh, no, they're really cool, aren't they? And um, most of our intros have been done by a singer by the name of Dr. J and he's from Israel. Wow. And most of the graphics are usually done by Shine and he, Dr. J and Shine are in a, a scene group called um, Deli Sit Together. And, um, yeah, they've been really good. They've volunteered a lot of their time. And, and, you know, once again, that's just a passion that they have and they love doing it and we love having them do it. <laughs> so Absolutely. I was going to I was, I was actually ask, is that um, uh, with um, with the word getting out about the mag, are people actually coming to you, like people like that, wanting to contribute or be part of it? Or, or do you start to go out and actually ask if people want to do something for the magazine? Oh, it's a bit of both. I think, um, I think that people read the magazine and, and enjoy it and 
just want and sometimes just want to be a part of it and um, they get in touch and other people just want to read it and enjoy it and um, sometimes I'll you know I'll, I'll be on the forums and I'll be talking to someone or, or exchanging ideas with people and and they just decide that they've you know they might have an idea for an article that they'd like to have a go at so yeah, it's a bit of everything I think oh, that's good and is that yeah. the same with the game with, with the games as well uh, yeah that, yeah that, that you get for review I see yeah um, I guess I was asking about yeah so from Cytronic or um, or from from an actual developer themselves um, yeah a lot of the time um, they'll get in touch with us about games that are coming out um, a lot of the time I, I send them emails and asking for news when, it, when an issue is just about to come out and um, Ken's and James will reply and, and you know let, let me know what's going on and um, news that they want published in the magazine and advertisements and things like that just to make it you know a bit more legitimate and give it give it that that feel of uh, you know legitimacy do, do you know what I mean Alex like um yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's like a it's like a newsstand uh, mag, you know. You want to yeah, pick like, it up and it's like, like, yeah, yeah. Having the ads and that in there, like you know, we don't need to advertise because we're totally non-profit. You know, people, we don't actually need to have advertisements in there, but I think it just adds to the experience of of the magazine Absolutely. as well. They, they look nice and they're all colourful and and yeah. So uh, the review games sometimes they get sent to us and sometimes we we go out fishing for them. So a uh, bit of both, bit, bit of a fifty-fifty there. Now I know um, recently um, uh, there was a Kickstarter. Can we actually talk about that or, or not? Where, yeah, 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 where, yep. Yep, yep, where Reset was given away as uh, one of the um, uh, pledges. Yeah, was yeah. That was, was the that, latest yep. Chris, Chris Wilkins Kickstarter for the C64 Commodore and Pixels book that that um, he's produced. That I think is a Fusion Retro Books. Yeah, um, it's his publisher and. Um, he got in touch and, and asked us if we'd like to do something uh, with his Kickstarter, and we, we sort of came to the came to the agreement that uh, we'll do a kind of a greatest hits issue where we'll just choose some of our best articles and put them all together and and um, produce an issue that he printed and is sending out to um, all his backers. Everyone who pledged for the physical book is also getting a copy of Reset, which is really really cool. And Ant did another beautiful. Um, exclusive cover for that issue and there's also a couple of articles that are brand new as well but a lot of it is um, just kind of the best of the stuff that we've done since the beginning up until now Excellent Excellent Now how much can you actually reveal about uh, the future of Reset like um, are we going to see a glossy A4 or um, you know um, any 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 big artists um, going to contribute or um, or are you going to keep those cards close to your chest? <laughs> I don't know if I've got any cards at all to tell you about, but uh, yeah, we just kind of take it one issue at a time. There isn't a lot of um, pre-planning in the future for issues because the issues are so far apart as well. So we probably, when, when it first came out, we wanted to do four issues a year, so quarterly. Mm-hmm. And even that was, was, was you know, the workload... Um, was probably a bit high, so we've got it down to three, and we probably think that that's a really good, good amount. So every four months, we sort of release an issue. So it's, it's a lot of time to get stuff together and do a lot of planning and do a lot of talking um, on the reset channel that we have, and and talk about what we're going to put in it and what the issue is going to be about. So it, we don't actually need to do a lot of pre-planning, um, and which is, which is really really good because <laughs> you know we're sort of just taking it one issue at a time. No, well, as you said, it's a it's a labour of love, 
passion. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah, the worst thing you can do is put so much pressure on yourself that you don't actually enjoy it anymore. And guess what? It goes by the wayside, and you stop doing it. So, um, That's right. I, reckon yeah, you, yeah. I reckon I reckon you've got it down pat, dude. Um, and I. I was going to ask you one last question, and I think yeah. I know the answer. The answer will be no, I can't say anything. But um, can you actually tell us a bit about uh, issue nine, the upcoming issue? Uh, Ozzy, or, I don't know if I can do that. No, I can. It's going to be. Uh, it's going <laughs> to be really cool. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a, another themed issue. So we're we're doing an issue um, with, with the theme um, of Houston consultants who who were a publisher in the eighties. Um, who did a lot of stuff on the Commodore 64 and the 8-bits and um, they've recently made a bit of a comeback and um, of last year um, they had a Kickstarter for a book um, help me out here Alex what was it called? <laughs> Daz, Daz has got one Daz you got it last well, year it wasn't book. last year no, that's it's what I'm it's only just being sent out now anyway the book is so uh, okay um, oh jeez oh, Daz you've I've got, got it in my it. bag yeah of course I've got it it's the Houston book. We are terrible. We are. We apologise to Houston. <laughs> no, anyway. Hints and tips for video game pioneers. Video game I'm an idiot uh, because because um because we actually right there, interviewed them. Yeah, well, we actually interviewed um, Andrew Houston on the RD podcast before yeah. the Kickstarter was actually finished. So I should have known that. Yes. Oh, damn. So we thought that the release of this book was a was a um, really good opportunity to to do an do an issue based around mm-hmm. Houston. So got lots of Houston theme content in there, and talking about a lot of Houston games. And we're going to have um, Rob and Andrew Paul Paul um, Paul's doing a uh, interview with Rob and Andrew and Andrew Houston, who um, who and Rob is actually the head of the company now. He he, I think. Um, has taken charge of the, the sort of rebrand, re-imaged Houston consultants, and um, yeah, it's really just going to be a really good issue about everything Houston. Be good, pretty cool. Yeah, can't wait for that one. I oh, know. I, I, I really, exactly really cool. Yeah, no, it's going to be a good one. Um, Daz and Azza, Aaron. Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> so make sure you look out for it. Um, I know. Um, Kev's Kev's probably the nicest editor you'll ever meet. He always says a deadline, but he always seems to extend it. And 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 he's right. Everyone's got um, you know their private life and everyday things to do. Um, and we do thing and we do these things you know after hours or if you're like me, you know sneaking a few um, you know a bit of uh, writing uh, during lunchtime. Um, yes. <laughs> But yeah, man, I, I really, really can't wait. Um, it, it, from, from what I've seen from our internal um, chats about uh, issue nine, it's going to be another awesome issue. So really, really looking forward to it. And, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, man, long, long may reset continue. So yeah, as I said, for those people that haven't um, checked out Reset, uh, if you love your Commodore 64, please get on there. It's reset.cbm8bit, as in the number eight bit.com. Uh, even if you type in Google, I think if you type in Reset C64, I think it's the top link. So um, don't miss out. Magazine's free. Download it. Um, print it out at work, or <laughs> which is what I do, or chuck it on your uh, tablet and have a read. Um, I'm sure you'll find something in there that you will like. And on that note, now, since Kev brought <laughs> up the fact that Issue 9 is going to be about uh, Houston, um, we obviously asked our special guest Kev to uh, 
nominate the publisher of choice for this month. And surprise, surprise, Kev's uh, gone with Houston Consultants. So, um, yeah, that is a publisher of choice for uh, for this episode. And um, I guess we don't have to do too much of an introduction for Houston, but uh, they've been around from, uh, I think it was the mid-'80s, um, Andrew Houston. And, uh, yeah, pretty much everything they touch uh, was actually gold. I don't recall gold, yeah. Any shit games from Houston, seriously. Um, and I know I've said that a few publishers, but seriously, Houston's probably up there uh, without any peer. So, um, yeah, I, I don't recall any crap games from them. But um, look, I'll, I'll let Kev kick off um, telling us uh, his top top three um, Houston games. It's pretty hard to come up with top three, I reckon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of good games. Sure. Yeah. They were just... Um incredibly consistent I reckon Houston were so but yeah my top Houston game has got to be Nebulous which is a uh, bit of a tower climbing arcade game incredibly frustrating and I think that's one of the reasons I like it because it just makes me want to punch the screen and then 10 seconds later <laughs> load it up again um, another really cool game that I really like is probably one that doesn't get a lot of attention and it's called Anarchy and it's a, kind of a uh, puzzle slash shooter where you've got to clear the screen of the blocks and you've got enemies to avoid and once all the blocks are gone you have to go to the exit but it's just got it's got a really nice look to it and it's got really nice sound and the gameplay is lots of fun oh wow and probably my third favourite game that one out yeah Yeah, check it out third one I reckon number three my choice is Cybernoid 2 and it's just got (laughs) the most epic Gerard, you know the most epic maniac of noise soundtrack that we <laughs> does. Gerard, Tell, Gerard Tell's an absolute yeah. uh, maestro. It is amazing, but and and there's a hidden behind that music is a pretty awesome game too. So a mm. single screen shooter, and yeah, good fun, good fun. Yeah, well, um, here's, here's, here's a pop quiz. Do you know he was only 14 years old when he wrote the first the music yes. for the first one? Cybernoid, yeah. 14. How, how does, 14, how does actually, man. How does someone actually know to do that at 14? Like, it's just oh, mind-blowing. <sighs> you know, and it, it's, it's not just a couple of uh, bleeps and bloops. It's it's a masterpiece. I mean, it's far it out. It is. And I still Absolutely. listen to it on, on my way to work every day. Um, oh, well. So. But thanks very much for that, Kev. Uh, I, I, I know there would have been a few games that would have had to uh, uh, get cut off, but... Um, yeah, man. Um, Daz? Uh, now, I reckon you'll go last, Daz. I reckon uh, Aaron should go next. <laughs> Boo! Oh, yeah. I am still here, so yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, right. uh, I'm not going to recount over Nebulous because I think Kev's right. It's far and away the for the 64, just the, the look and feel of it was very you know, crisp, clear, which I actually think for a lot of their games was was pretty consistent thing. They always had the sort of nice, crisp graphics. They looked, they looked nice, handled well. But Tumbia, you know, Nebulous was brutal, but a lot, a lot of fun to play. Um, Paradroid, I think, is another one that just comes up, confused the hell out of um, 10-year-old me, but you know, even now, it's still a lot of fun to go back and sort of get the head stuck into, try and figure out how to beat the bots and sort of work my way through. Um, and the other one yeah, was like Iridium. And to be honest, sorry, sorry, I was sorry, Aaron. Um, Aaron, go back to Paradox. You know, I still don't know what to do. I, I don't understand buttons, it. Ram things and match and Kev. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, I, I've, got, I've never known how to play it. No, guys, look, it's a, it's a good chat. Look, it's it's funny that because I think I 
Kev's right, like it's trying to work my head around Paradroid, Ranma Ranma and stuff like where you just, you've got no idea what's going on but it just looks clean, it looks cool mm-hmm. and it just sort of persevered but yeah, and Uridium, obviously coming back to the pick up and play, like, it is brutally, brutally difficult shooter but yeah, it's still one I will dig out now and just spend, happily spend ages bashing away at and I think, again, for me, back there, because the, being the ship looked very Millennium Falcon-ish, you know, it, was, it felt like it was sort of almost a Star Wars-y game that you know, didn't have a lot of then. So, uh, yeah, but that, that's my three. All right, Alex, come on, mate. Yeah. No, look, I, uh, Nebulous is number one. Um, uh, yep, so obviously I won't dwell on that. Um, and, yep, like Kev, um, you die, you rage... And then you and then you play it again. That's a mark of a fantastic game, right? Um, uh, second is uh, uh, well, it was either going to be Cybernoid, but I actually went for Marauder. Would you believe? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, what's what's supposed mm. to mean, Daz? That's mm. right. Yeah. 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 Look, I look, I could have gone for Zynapse as well, but um, last ah. but not least. Last but not least, um, and the reason I picked this game, A, I think it's a great game, but second of all, Charles Deenan and Manix of Noise soundtrack, Zamzara, is just... Uh, it, is, it is the ultimate, ultimate Commodore 64 chip tune, right? And that's saying something, because um, what it changes at about minutes 50-something, it just blew my mind away. It was just like, wow, this is, you know... Rob Hubbard did some, you know, some great stuff, but... Um, this Charles Lennon track was just brilliant. Um, so yeah, man, they're my they're my top. And uh, yeah, obviously I can go on um, with another ten, but uh, I'll stop there and hand over the baton to Daz. Well, guess what? I'm not stopping at three, mate. Yeah. Beep. <laughs> oh. You know what, man? I am. Uh, if, if you're right next to me, I would give you the biggest cuddle ever. I, I was really happy that you said Zamzara because that game oh. is magnificent. I love it. I, I love everything about it. It Love is. It. It's a it, well. It, you know what? Um, and I think Aaron said this. They all the game. All their games look clean. Like there was. You knew it was a Houston game. Mm. And it was. It was always quality. Even if you know, no matter what style of game it was. You know, a puzzler. You know, a tower climbing tower one. Uh, you know, shoot 'em up, horizontal, whatever. They were all had their charm, and they all had playability and re, replayability. Right, and that's the key thing. Where you rage, but you come back and you play them again. And and the sounds. Right. The sounds, the music, they yeah, that just added to the visual and oral effect was just awesome. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Dave. no, you're right. Well, look, um, yeah, again, there's, there's nebulous, there's cybernoids, you know, they're, they're obviously fantastic. Um, I'll start at number three, obviously. Um, I'll probably say uh, Zynapse. Loved it. That's awesome. Um, okay, uh, three and a half, Zamzara. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> it's too hard. It's too hard. All right. N- number two, uh, Cyberdyne Warrior. Brilliant. Absolutely oh. brilliant. And number one. Number one. Dun, dun, dun. You ready? Yep. Heathrow, Inter- Heathrow International Air Traffic Control. Fuck off, Dad. Um, no, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm, I'm, amazed no one, I'm amazed no one's mentioned it, and I'm, I've got a tear in my eye. Excellent. I can't believe it. No one's mentioned oh. Excellent. Jeez, yeah. Well, there we go, man. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant game. I mean, C64 version was the first one I played. Loved it. Pumped. I, I've never finished it. I don't know why, but it just it gets really, really hard, I guess. Loved it. Then I played the Spectrum version. Better again. 
it's just so fluid and smooth. And um, best version, I have to say, is the Amstrad CPC version. For me to say Amstrad version is the best is rare. And WT, it is WTF, Daz. I know, I know. It's actually really nice because the C64 version's got, like, you know, the the, the, the levels look more C64-ish, but the character's very Spectrum. You know, the, they all look, wow. you know, with that, you know, that Spectrum look to them. But the Amstrad's just dedicated, just graphics, all colourful. The, you know, the main guy looks fantastic. Characters look fantastic. And, uh, yeah, Exelon, um, for sure. It's it's just a, just a just a great game. I was actually playing it the other day. I play it nearly every week. Wow! So well, yeah, well that's a, well that's a mark of a um of a of an awesome publisher if you're playing it every week. Because uh, all the time, man, all the time. I, I know I know Pete, uh, fellow RD um, friend of, of ours. Um, he 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 loves it too. That's probably one of his favourite six four games. And I remember he, he came over to my house and he goes. Oh, do you have this game called? It was actually Mikey. He was after Mikey because I remember that, and he loved it. And they're like, "Oh, there's this game I used to play all the time." And I chucked the next line and goes, "Oh my god!" And he nearly finished it without wow. dying. Yeah, like, oh my god, he really knows how to play this game. It was and actually it, it, it was actually etched yeah. in his brain. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing because he hasn't played that since he was a little kid. You know, and we're all old codgers now, and he still played it really well. So it was, yeah. yeah, it was great. But anyway, yeah. I'm ram. Like we're like fine wines, mate. We're not exactly. uh, old codgers, so take that take that back. Um, oh, I'm year old sorry. now, so yeah, I know you've hit a raw nerve. You hit a raw nerve, mate. Come on, <laughs> you rat bastard. Um, yeah, <laughs> well that's me. Uh, I'm done. You you are done. Yes, and you weren't. And if you weren't, I was going to wrap you up anyway. Um, <laughs> if, but, but now we're going to our social media, um, Facebook yes. wall and Twitter responses. And uh, it's either Daz or Aaron, mate. Uh, I know Aaron does a phenomenal work, by the way, on Press Play and Tape Facebook page and also Twitter as well. So, yes. but uh, yeah, so who's going to read it out? The, um, I reckon I can Aaron. I can. Aaron, Aaron. Go for it. Yeah. All right. So what have we got? So on the Facebook wall, we've only had a few there, but um, still some good titles. But funnily enough, is a lot of, lot of uh, people agree with the three of us, so or four of us. So, Cook uh, Fulim come in to say that um, number one for him was Moonfall, which I don't think I know. No, I don't know. Yeah, do I? No. Like, that was a game um, produced a bit later on when um, Houston went bust and 21st Century came into the scene and um, they released two Commodore 64 games, so Moonfall was one of them and Rubicon was the other. Rubicon it's funny you say Rubicon. Yeah, it's funny you say Rubicon, Kev, because that's his number two was Rubicon. And then number three comes in as Eliminator. Um, so he says, yeah, the first two got a bit lost when they shut down and became 21st century, but were still unreal. Moon Mist was an epic space trader, and also special mention to Iridius Alpha and, of course, Nebulous. Um, so, we come up, so we've got Ross Clifton, number one, Paradroid. Number two, Ranarama. So obscure but entertaining with a punishing minigame. And then number three was Nebulous. So Lachlan Turner pretty much matches me on this one with number one as Nebulous, Iridium, and Paradroid. And lastly, the late the late mail from Grain W. Wobke, apologies if I mangled that, um, to say that, yeah, Nebulous, Zynapse, and Cyberdyne Warrior. Well, there you go. Yeah, we go, to, we go to the Twitter, man. The Twitter again trumps Facebook. See? <laughs> See, see. Um, uh, okay, I'm going to start from the bottom, and then I'm going to read the last one last. 
uh, obviously, well, the first one last, but uh, Jody J. Rob says, Loved Iridium, had it on Specky, but all time favourite was Zynaps, also on Specky. There we go. Yeah. Our, our friends at Weird and Retro, oh, actually, they actually um, uh, had a few, actually. Uh, Serblander says, My top three Houston joystick retro gaming gems were and still are Exelon. Nebulous and Eliminator, all on the glorious Atari ST. Yes, Serby, yes. <laughs> um, he says, he actually goes on to say, best memory, once while playing Eliminator, I somehow triggered invincibility mode and completed the game at last. Yeah, I didn't know he can do that. Was that an Easter egg of some sort, was it? In the game? Don't know. Um, and uh, we don't retro, um, or, yeah, Serby uh, says first intro to uh, Houston Joystick Games came via the Power Pack compilation on the Atari ST. Eliminator and Nebulous were unforgettable fun. And um, after experiencing the Eliminator Nebulous on Power Pack, uh, he got Exelon and the graphics blew his mind. Um, who have we got next? We've got Chris Van Grass. Easy decision. Paradroid, Iridium, Nebulous. So... His top two are the ones that we didn't know to play because we were kids and we didn't understand them. But anyway, you know, they're great games. <laughs> Eric Nelson, uh, Dart Project, all the way from the USA. Uh, Paradroid, Iridium, Exelon, slash Paradroid is still one of my all-time favorites on any platform ever. And any is in all caps, by the way. So um, there we go, man. Um, everyone just loves uh, Houston games. Uh, our fellow... Uh, Reset contributor uh, and also Commodore 64 YouTuber Rob Caporetto. He says this one's an easy, uh, an easy one. Paradroid, Iridium, Cyberdyne Warrior. And then he obviously cheats and says Nebulous, Scribbly's Day Out, Cybernoid, Ranorama as an honorable, honorable mention. And last but not least is Freakin' Frankie, who we uh, sorely miss on uh, Twitter. But uh, he says, the ghost of Frankie can live through podcasts. Anyway, uh, I gave him special dispensation. I said, look, you can actually give us a top five um, for Houston. So um, okay. So he says, look, this was a tough one because uh, they've published so, so many amazing games. But his list is Paradroid, Nebulous, Maze Mania, Iridium, and Cyberdyne Warrior. And then he says, and about 10 more that I wanted to list. Funnily enough, most of that catalogue I only got to play because they were given away as full games on the cover of Commodore Format or Zap Commodore Force. Is that true? I can't I can't remember because I actually <laughs> stupidly threw out all those tapes. But, um, oh, yeah, really? a few of those games. There's a few. Yeah. Yeah, well, Daz, Daz being, you know, hindsight's a beautiful thing, mate, but as a kid, I thought, who's actually going to listen to tapes in the future? Piff them away, and uh, yeah, of course I want to bash myself now. <laughs> Fight club style. <laughs> so, yeah, that's... Uh, did I miss anyone? Actually, there was... Uh, sorry, there was one more. There was Patrick Cleary. But, um, yeah, they weren't Houston games. He's got Gianna Sisters, Elevate Action, and Winter Olympics. Um... I don't know if he was actually answering the question that we were asking. So, sorry, Patrick, um, if I mangled up the actual question. But, uh, yeah. But that's it, gentlemen. Um, and just like that, time flies when you're having fun. Now, on that note, uh, gentlemen, um, uh, we'll go to any shout-outs if you, if you have any. So we'll, um, yeah. uh, we'll start with uh, Kev. Uh, 
our special guest. Oh yeah, just um, a big shout out mainly to the reset team who we probably haven't talked about enough. So um, you know, Cam, Rob, and Paul, and yourself, Alex. Um, big shout out to you guys. You're awesome. Love love what you do, and and uh, um, just hope that we can keep going and have heaps of fun, and hope to meet you guys again and catch up. That'd be really great. Looking forward to that, Jeff. Definitely, mate. Um, yeah. So if if not in the very near future, definitely for PAX, man. So looking forward to that. And next, the Tassie Devil. Hello. Oh, guys. Look, I think I'll echo Kev on that as well. Like, I mean, the community side of things is what brought me in and got me in touch with you guys. So it's always a big thanks to everyone that uh, that gets involved and keeps us chatting. And also for Daz for the uh, my, my specy uh, joystick adapter. Haven't actually oh, been able to give the talk. No, haven't. Nah, that's right. I still haven't actually got it working properly yet, but yeah, it's working pro. Uh, shout out! Shout out to the team as usual. Uh, thanks to Kev for jumping on. Um, Aaron, thank you for your hard work on the on the Facebook page and the Twitter page. You've been a godsend, so thank you. You've really taken a lot of um, work on board and saved Alex and I a lot of Definitely. time. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Nathan. And, uh, thank you, you guys. That. You know, um, thanks to the RD team. Uh, hello, guys. Hope you're doing well. I'll uh, be recording next week, so it's going to be fun. Um, and thanks to the community in general, as usual. You know, um, without you guys, we wouldn't be doing this. So, yeah, Th- thanks. Yes, thing in. Yeah, echo that. Echo that, man. Um, look, I'll, I'll I'll go with um, shout out to the RD boys. Um, looking forward to catching up. Um, can we stay on Friday, or is that a secret, Daz? Oh yeah, I just found out you were coming. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, 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 okay. Oh, is that how it is? Is that how it yeah. is? Oh, right. Okay. It was a surprise. It was a surprise. Looking forward to uh... surprise. Oh, <laughs> Alex is coming up. Damn. Uh, uh, I've got to do my hair that night. Um, yeah. Now shout out to the. Guys. <laughs> looking forward to catching up on Friday. Uh, weird and retro lads. Looking forward to catching up uh, with Serbia on Saturday. Uh, Miss Oz, Retro Gamer, my rock. Um, reset staff, because they are just bloody awesome. I'm obviously, care for coming on and being an awesome editor as well. And last but not least, uh, Scott Kellett, who uh, is an absolute gentleman and um, does a lot of things in the pinball community. I know not, nothing to do with um, computers, but uh, he loves retro um, and, yeah, the... He organised a pinball night last uh, last week to go and play Ghostbusters at uh, Zach's Amusement. So, for that, Scott, you're a bloody legend, mate. The fact that we actually got to play a machine that hasn't been officially released in Australia was damn awesome. So, thanks very much for that. And um, to Aaron, man, you're the best. Uh, taking off, taking on a lot of the workload, man, to free us up, which is great. Hopefully, it won't be overwhelming for you. But it looks like, mate, you've um, taken to it like a duck to water. And uh, Daz, those dulcet tones from Daz, <laughs> I, just, I just love it. Stop it. Every time I hear, every Stop time it. I hear your voice, I just, I just smile. Um, Stop the, it. The, the day I stopped smiling, mate, we're over. <laughs> I try. No. Yeah, you do, you do. Um, so yeah, man, that's uh, that's episode fourteen. It's gone quick, hasn't it? There you go. There we go. So um, yeah, uh, we are done. And, yep, done thank you very much. Done. 
Thank you very much, uh, Aaron, for jumping on. Thanks, Kev. Thanks for jumping on, man, and uh, telling us about yourself and uh, Reset. So, thank you. It was good fun. Thanks. Awesome. Good talking. Excellent. And today for our latest interview, we have Paul Bridger here, the director and producer, creator of the Amiga Works. How are you? I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Yourself? Very good. Thanks, Paul. And um, also Thanks, with Paul. us in the interview, yeah, we have Aaron as well joining us for the interview. How you going, mate? I am all right. Good to be along. Paul, uh, Paul before we actually uh, talk about everything else, you want to tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I'm... Obviously, you know, uh, a massive fan of the uh, the retro scene. Um, Been, you know, as far back as I can remember. Uh, so, you know, you're talking right back as far as the Atari 2600. Um, I'm literally just going through um, all the platforms, you know, right through sort yeah. of Commodore, Spectrum, all the way up to the Amiga, um, and, and pretty much through, through a lot of consoles and that as well. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty much... Um, you know, massive fan of the retro scene, um, and jumped on board with a, with a few projects, really, with um, a few legends, and um, yeah, I've got a few more things uh, lined up as well. Nice, nice. Is there a certain favourite um, platform? Um, I think, really, for me, it, it is the Commodore Amiga. Um, I think a lot of it is, you know, purely my background in terms of, you know, growing up as a kid. You know, um, mm-hmm. I really, I really got into that. Um, wasn't just the, the gaming side of things it was the music it was the graphics you know, um, yeah. you know dabbling with demos and things like that so um, yeah the Amiga is, is very close to my heart really and it's a great machine <laughs> I have yeah, to yeah. I have to uh, agree with you there alright cool okay how did Doco come about and what influenced you to make it um well, I mean, obviously, just to give a bit of background, so um, the Amiga Works by Alistair Brimble was a was a Kickstarter um, project that um, started out in 2013. Um, I got the executive producer credit for the album and uh, went on to um, market the album and um, create the website and, and so forth. And I've known all the stuff for for a little while now, probably you know a good few years. But um, I've, I've kind of been um, following him from from my very early years in the Amiga scene, and um, I literally jumped on board, got the executive producer credit for it, did all the marketing, did all the website stuff, got commercial airplay on on radio and stuff, and um, yeah, pretty much went from there. Got 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 a few testimonials, and um, kind of left it, you know, after it'd been released. To the to the mm-hmm. public, and I just thought mm-hmm. there was something else I could potentially do, and I, I think I was probably just that little bit hungry to get a bit more out of it, and and know know my sort of background in terms of my my full time job because you know I don't obviously do uh, I don't do this for a living or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. my, my my background is is in marketing, um, so I thought I could do something else, and I think on the back of seeing the the Turrican anthology by uh, Chris Hulsbeck. Uh, yep, I, saw, yep. I saw a brief trailer for it and um, I just jumped on that and I looked at it and I thought, you know, the, the in-depth of it and I just thought there's, there's quite a bit of content there and, and I thought, you know, it'd be a good idea really to try and do some sort of mini documentary or some sort of trailer to, you know, to really big up the Amiga Works even further 
and um, yeah, I think pretty much it started off as what was going to be something like a 10 minute trailer or something like that and it literally just spiralled and I, I think for me, I just got a lot, like a lot of support from you know the guys and stuff like that and um, it just went on and on and on and I just made it into a full feature doc really um, from then on. Nice. So I'm actually yet to see it, so I'm actually really looking forward to watching it. Yeah. So I mean, look, you, you actually mentioned like you know you found that the, the quick the intention to do a quick ten minute trailer suddenly spiraled horrifically out of control. I mean, so with that, like, did you run into any problems while you were actually creating the documentary? Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, this you know this documentary really hasn't you know um, it, it hasn't been a short project. This is a project that's literally taken me two years of my own time. Um, balancing between uh, a full-time job and I, when I say a full-time job I'm, I'm talking a very demanding job and also uh, having a family um, it is very very um, it's very very you know hard to juggle that so a lot of my time has been kind of like you know um, using that in my personal time and in ridiculous hours you know work until two three o'clock in the morning back on the road you know for like six seven o'clock in the morning so, you know, I've been averaging probably between, you know, I would say four or five hours sleep each day for the last two years. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, I think one of the one of the hurdles for me probably with, with, with doing this doc, it wasn't anything to do with, you know, software or hardware or anything like that. I mean, yeah, you know, there is the odd hiccup now and again. But um, a lot of it is timing, and it's getting that timing with you know the people who are doing the testimonials, all the, the textual feedback, the video feedback, and um, you have to sort of go in with what what those guys are you know um, scheduled for. So you know trying to get something like say um, from um, let's let, let, Chris Hulsbeck was a guy who <laughs> even though he worked on the album is uh, doing part of the remix for Alistair on one of his tracks. It took me literally two years to get him from him. Um, it, it was wow. that. It was that um, time yeah. consuming. You know, his diary was just so ridiculously tight. And um, you know, he 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 just turned around and said, "You know, look, Paul, I, I, I admire your persistence, and I'm going to do something for you." And it paid off. Um, and I wasn't being pushy with, with any of these guys. Um, and it just, you know, it, but at the end of the day. Um, I, I think it's it, you know for me it's a, a personal achievement to get something like that from from those guys. Um, yeah, uh, of course. Uh, Chris Absolutely. is actually a really really nice person too. We had him on um, the Retro Domination podcast, and um, yeah, he's 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 a very humble and and really nice guy. I'm not actually surprised that you know he went out of his way and helped you out and so on. So um, yeah, great great bloke. Yeah, that's good. So on that topic as well, Paul. I mean, like you obviously mentioned. Chris Hulsbeck is one, and I mean, obviously, Alistair being the the key behind Amiga Works. Like, is there anyone else you remember from sort of you working on the doco that, like, the memorable personalities from that sort of scene that you got to interview and spend time around, or any good stories sort of from what you when you were working with it? Yeah, I mean, it was it was, it was quite great to get some insight from from some of the guys. So, I mean, um, back in 2014, we had the Amiga 30 UK um, uh, event, which was in um, Peterborough in, in the UK, and uh, they they were kind of doing their sort of events, you know, around the world. So you know, we had, we had um, the events in, in Italy and Germany and so forth, and um, we got to meet up um, with. I mean, I was I was at the event. I mean, I was there for two days, and uh, got to meet some of the legends there. You know, um, David Pleasance, Tim Wright. Um, you know. A lot of others that worked in the industry in terms of the games and stuff, and um, 
it was it was really interesting. Um, when when I was doing the doc, um, I got some insight from um, some of the composers, and you know, it'd be like the likes of Barry Leach, who worked on uh, games like Harlequin and Lewis Two and stuff yep. like that. And uh, it was it was just. It was just insightful because you know he he would come out with stuff like you know and he was wondering how he would get like some of these samples and how he would you know look to towards other composers and say how they were doing things and I suppose back then you they literally had to get through the machine um, with some you know tweaks and, and things like that and it was interesting you know it's not like now where a lot of things are just sort of placed in key with software and things like that they they literally had to try and cram as much as they could out of the memory that they could. And um, you know, it was just other things. You know, um, I suppose, like um, for example, like Barry um, Barry Leach had also s- s- started saying stuff like, um, you know, they would they would fight for a chair in the office uh, as opposed to you know trying to get a hold of a synthesizer or something like that. And it was just you know things like that. You know, um, it wasn't always you know uh, glorious. Um, I think with some of these guys when they had. The office space. Um, if you take, for example, like Tim Wright, um, aka Cold Storage, who did Psychosis uh, and that um, with Shadow of the Beast and things like that, um, you know, he used to give her some really insightful stuff about you know the offices that they had, um, and they were really um, dingy and dark and uh, really uh, you know hot at times. So, like for example, they had no aircon and things like that. So, a really horrible sort of atmosphere kind of thing, and then. You know, they move premises and you know, get somewhere else better. But you know, it's not all shining glory for some of these uh, guys. Um, I think uh, you know, they all have they all have their stories. Uh, they all have their insight. But you know, they they do share stuff like that with on the dock as well. Um, so yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, very good. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I do remember like some of the developer diaries back in like the Zap days and stuff when they were actually a thing. That yeah, you would you would often hear them talk about the challenges of getting the hardware at the time and and working yeah. around it. Which yeah, these days where you can just download Unreal Engine, tap a few things, and in theory you've got a, a game up and up in front of you. So yeah, exactly. yeah, it'd be it'd be very be very good to sort of hear about it. You know, spend yeah, spend a lot of time around those guys. Yeah. I think it's literally, you know, back then, you know, we didn't have things like, um, you know, the age of the internet as well, you know, as a lot of people were sending stuff through the post and that as well. So, you know, you'd have like, uh, for example, like, like Alistair, you'd be sending the latest sound build uh, through to the guys at uh, one of the, the software houses and stuff like that. It was all on floppy disk and they would load the build up and get the, the mm-hmm. sound for interim and things like that. Now we can do that with the, the you know, the, you know, the click of the button. Um, so That's right. <laughs> Yeah, so times have moved, um, and and software and hardware has moved as well. So it is very interesting to find out that. Mm. No, definitely. So, so, yeah. So, how was uh, how was it working with Alstar on this project overall? Um, If I'm being honest with you, I mean, a lot of the time, Alistair obviously has had a lot to do with his projects and, and and his time sort of schedules. For aside for these projects, so um, he knew what I was doing, um, mm-hmm. and he was interviewed recently, and he, he, he knew about you know the, the doc and stuff, and but he hadn't really seen anything anything of it. So oh, <laughs> it, oh it wow, was, it was literally all me. Um, he, he 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 put his trust in me uh, because being his number one fan, and um, you know working with him just recently on on the album, um, he, he had total faith and total trust. So. Um, he, he hadn't actually seen it until last week. Um, so oh that, wow, wow! Um, he, 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 I mean, obviously he has had some stuff to say. You know, we we tweaked it a little bit and then took certain mm. bits out. 
So, um, yeah, I mean, he, he loves it. You know, he's absolutely ecstatic about it, you know, and he's, he's, he's just so much in awe at the minute that, you know, he's actually had one of his number one fans make him an actual doc on him himself and covering some of his career and that as well. Well, it's quite um, flattering if someone would do something like that for you, you know, so it's, that's great. Are you actually happy with the end result or would you change anything about it? Um, I, I think for me in the time that I've had to do it, um, I mean, yeah, it's two years in the making. Um, mm. I suppose, you know, it's a one-man band, you know, with not a lot of great deal of equipment, you know, nothing's been funded, nothing's uh, done in the sense where, you know, I've went out with a lot of, you know, camera teams or, or anything like that. Yeah. This has all been me. Um, just me. Um, I think I've had one or two contributions, obviously, from, from the guys in the retro community, which is fantastic as well, because they all want to add something to that. And, and that mm-hmm. I do appreciate as well. Um, and that's opened a few doors up as well. So um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't change anything, if I'm, if I'm being honest with you. I think I'm, I'm pretty much happy enough with the end product. Yeah, but it gives, me, it gives me insight now to knowing that if I do something else for the future, um, that I know the hurdles that come up and um, try and get over those hurdles for the future, you know? That's good. And nice. I suppose talking and talking about the future, I mean, you, you mentioned like some of the you know, dealing with the community there. So, I mean, have you got any eyes towards what, what comes next from here? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, I've set up an official um, Amiga Works um, face page. And uh, one of the things that we put on there was a poll, um, just with a few questions and stuff um, relating to the dock. And, um, you know, we said that, you know, what would you like to see from um, from me again? Uh, would it be, you know, something else on a dock on based on another composer, uh, you know, a publishing team, something like that? Um, possibly something like Team 17, which is uh, within my grasp of uh, getting down to see them. Um, something like that. Um, and it, it's potential. It, it depends really on the support and, you know, you know all this stuff about, you know, how it's um, received from the, from the public record community and stuff like that, how they want to see that. But I'm open to, you know, ideas. Um, there is a feasibility that I could be involved with Viva Amiga 2. Um, that is, that's kind of on the cards at the minute. Uh, nothing's okay. set, set in stone with that one, so um, yeah, it, it's 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 not definitely confirmed. Uh, but that is something that someone's approached me on that. Um, and yeah, I was going to say there's another thing that's lined up as well for next year, and um, that's working with another guy called Peter Connolly. Um, now Peter is obviously involved with um, doing the music for Tomb Raider four, five, and six across various platforms. And uh, we've been in contact for the last couple of years, and um, he only lives down the road from me. <laughs> believe it or not and oh. uh, he's done a lot of work for things like um, the recent Watch Dogs um, game sound design on that um, Assassin's Creed on iOS and we're looking to hopefully um, get the green light from Square Enix to um, do a Kickstarter program uh, project on the re-release um, the music uh, from the Tomb Raider games 4, 5 and 6 um, oh and- well. Yeah, so if that takes off, that we've, we've got some ideas behind that because we've been kind of um, messing around with ideas from sort of like the last couple of years. And um, if we if we staged it as a, a 50 grand project, which is achievable with a, a high franchise such as Tomb Raider, um, we, we would get the funding for that. We would do a studio album, possibly a mini doc on the back of that as well. And then obviously if there is potential to go to say 100 grand, uh, it sees us going down to Abbey Road in uh, the UK and uh, doing it orchestrally. That would be fantastic. Yeah, so there's, there's, <laughs> there's, there's, stuff, there's stuff lined up for me. <laughs> so, yeah. 
it's, uh, it's all good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've done a few other things um, along with Amiga Works in between. Uh, I've done a couple of fan base trailers uh, for Watch Dogs, and um, I also did a Transformers um, sort of compilation as well, which was with my own music added in there. Um, and I've also done a music video for a German composer, uh, Andre Newman, uh, who also did some stuff on Dreamcast. So, uh, oh. yeah. yeah, it's all on my uh, YouTube channel. Um, so, if you go to Amiga Freak 77 on YouTube, uh, you'll be able to catch this stuff on there. Fantastic. All right. All right. To finish this off, Paul, um, we won't hold you up. So, where can the retro gaming public view your documentary? Well, at the moment, it is literally just on YouTube at the minute. Um, so, like I say, go to Amiga Freak 77 uh, or type in Amiga mm-hmm. Works uh, in YouTube. You'll, you'll be able to find it straight away. Um, yeah, it's just on there at the moment. Uh, there's a possibility that it'll go into Vimo. Um, and, and I'm looking at ways of possibly getting it on, onto Netflix and, and so forth at the minute. But I have to obviously look at all the, the implications and you know, yeah. work, you know all, all the bits and pieces and that. Um, we also trying to um, release uh, that onto DVD and Blu-ray, but of course all the updates will come through the official AmigaWorks uh, official Facebook page um, as well. Um, and we'll get, we'll get those signed as well um, by me and Alistair, um, you know, if anyone wants to buy them as well. That is fantastic, Paul. Oh, I was actually about to say, just and speaking of Netflix, as a as a, as a slight request from, from the Australian side of things, if you do have success, make, just make sure you see if you can... Um, about getting it on the Australian one because I know with um, yeah. Bedroom to Billions, we it's on the British Netflix, Australia yeah. gets locked out to it, so right. which I know is licensing fun times and stuff, but um, yeah, yeah that'd be because it'd be good, yeah. I mean, obviously, I know uh, Anthony uh, from Bedroom to Billions as well, and uh, yeah, I need to speak to him about you know, find out how, how I can get this onto Netflix, and you know, so I think a, a chat to him will uh, suffice and we'll, we'll see where we can go from that. Fantastic, fantastic, nice. right. Okay, Paul. Thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Oh, and thanks for the time. It's been uh, it's been really good. Uh, just like you say, any you know anything that I can uh, get from this. This is literally just for the gaming community, uh, the retro gaming community, and uh, fans of all our stuff. So uh, I hope you enjoy it. And um, yeah, thanks very much for the interview. I'm sure we will. Sure we will. Um, we'll also post the movie on our description as well on the podcast. So yeah, I don't I'll... think anyone's going to miss out on it. <laughs> No, you, you'll probably get some good memories from that, but yeah, it's all good. Yeah, cool, cool, fantastic. All right, Paul, appreciate your time. Okay, okay yeah. Paul, thank you very much. All right, cheers now. Thanks now. Bye. Okay, bye. 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 bye.